So my family is Italian, and I've spent a lot of my life in Italy. I feel comfortable there, though I've always known it could be a little unsafe for a woman traveling alone. However, I don't really look or seem like a tourist, so I usually feel pretty confident that I won't be targeted. This naive thinking led me to a scary situation. I was living and working in a smaller city while on a gap year and had made some college-age friends who were also from out of the country. We had been spending most of our evenings going to bars, eating good food, all the fun things you can do as a young person in Italy. One night, one of my friends and I were hitting a bar when a group of men asked to buy us drinks. There were about four or five of them, all seemed to be Italian and a little older than us. Being new to the city, we felt flattered and excited by the attention from some attractive local men. They bought us drinks and we walked with them to the nearest piazza. Most of the guys seemed normal, maybe a little pervy, but nothing to raise alarms. There was one guy though that didn't talk at all. One of the other guys told me that the quiet guy wanted to kiss me and I should go home with him. I laughed it off and refused. Italian men are known for being misogynist and forward, so it wasn't surprising. They kept flirting with us and asked us to go back and smoke something with them, but we declined. 1am rolls around and my friend and I decide it's time to go back to our apartments. We say goodbye and start heading home. Unfortunately, we lived in a different part of the city, so after a minute or two, we split ways. My friend lived close by, but I lived 30 minutes away, outside of the city walls. We're both kind of drunk, and we're small women, so we tell each other to stay safe. I began my long walk home. After about 15 minutes, I start to feel weird. I get a strange sensation, and I decide to call my long-distance boyfriend just to have someone on the phone. I'm chatting with him, listening to him talk about his day, when I suddenly get a bad feeling. I turn around and standing behind me, about 30 feet away, is the quiet guy from the bar. He's followed me for almost 20 minutes, walking just behind me after I left. I'm on a long cobblestone road in the middle of the night and there's no one else, just me and him and my boyfriend on the phone. I instantly go into panic mode as this guy starts walking up to me. I tell my boyfriend on the phone that I'm being followed and to stay on the line. The guy gets closer to me and I'm almost frozen in fear. I don't want to run because the long road leads further out of the city into a dark strip of abandoned parkland and a stretch of interstate. This man reaches me and has an awful ugly smile on his face. He's taller than I am, probably late 20s, and is clearly on some sort of drugs. He tells me that I need to come with him and grabs me by my arm. My boyfriend is still on the phone, and I narrate everything that's happening. This guy clearly doesn't speak English. He also doesn't speak Italian very well, but is insisting in a thick, strange accent that I come with him. He has me tightly by my arm and pulls me in to give me a disgusting, sweaty kiss. He smells like vomit. I have no idea how I formulated this plan, but I'm proud of what I did next. I told this man that I'm engaged and that I'm a good American girl, whatever that means, and that I won't go with him, but I'll meet him tomorrow at 12 o'clock and he can take me on a date. He asked me for my Instagram and I gave it to him. 
Panicked, I watched him type my name into his phone. Then he lets go of the grip and turns around. He's happy with the plan we've made. I watch him for a few seconds to make sure he's not going to change his mind and turn back to me. Then I start to run down the road, seriously faster than I ever ran before. I get back to my apartment and lock myself in. I open my Instagram and immediately block this guy's account. My poor boyfriend was so freaked out because there's nothing he could do. So I didn't see this guy again. I was extremely shaken up and ended up moving apartments so I could be within the city walls. When I told my landlord the story to explain why I was moving, she told me about something even more chilling. A year ago, on that exact long road leading out of the city, an American girl was jumped by two men, dragged behind the retaining wall of the interstate, and brutally assaulted. The men were apparently part of a prolific Albanian gang that had a stronghold in the city and were engaged in human trafficking. Remembering the man's strange accent, I am convinced that he was part of that same gang. I don't want to think what could have happened if I had not gotten lucky. I think this man might have just decided I wasn't worth it. That beautiful Italian city I was living in lost its glamour once I experienced that terrifying underbelly. This situation happened about a year ago. It's important to note that I'm also a girl, so this was a very scary and potentially dangerous situation for both of us. One night after work, just after it became dark, my girlfriend stopped at the Walmart neighborhood market down the road, which by the way is next to a big highway interstate. I made a last minute run to the bank. Right as I'm pulling out of the bank, I get a text from her about thinking she's being followed. I asked her for more details and also told her not to leave the store and that I was going to drive up to the front door and either watch her get to her car or get her into mine if she needed. She told me that there were two men that she kept seeing in every single aisle, usually behind her. They were very clearly staring at her each time and watched her very closely. She thought she was just being paranoid, but I told her to trust her gut and let a worker know about the situation and even called the police because it isn't worth the risk. Before I made it all the way there, she texted me saying she's at checkout. She said that the guys followed her there and went to self-checkout near her, but with no items. They quickly grabbed some gum off the shelf and put it into a Walmart sack, but they stood there taking forever to cash out that item and kept watching her, waiting for her to finish. I told her to check out as slowly as humanly possible. I finally arrived. She had just texted me that she finally took her bag and was exiting the store. However, right as I pulled up, I saw the two guys. They perfectly matched her description of them. They were hiding in a little cutout near the entrance. They were just standing there and kept peeking around the corner at the front door every time someone exited. I knew they were looking for her. I pulled my car forward right in front of them. I literally rolled my window down and just stared into their souls. I did not look away. I wanted to make sure that even though they didn't know I had anything to do with her, that I got a very good look at their faces and was watching them. I texted her and told her not to return to her car. I told her to get straight into mine. Right then, they started walking off. However, they had to have been following her since she arrived at the store because the next thing they did was walk straight to her car. Her car is very unique and stands out. 
They dropped the bag of gum on the ground on the way to her car. One of them went behind her car and just stayed there. The next one walked over to a white work van with painted windows and no license plate. He spoke to someone that was in the driver's seat. While this was happening, one of the cars next to hers left. They then pulled the van up to the spot. I called her and told her to go straight to my car and don't even look at hers as they were waiting for her with the van. She came out with groceries and they see her and squat down. We really quickly load up and she gets in my car. The men stood up and walked to the van. I pull away and try to go around the van to see the license plate. Of course, there was none. I drove off in a totally different direction from home and we drove around for a while. I wanted to make sure no one was following us and also give them time to leave her car alone. I wanted to call the cops, but she was convinced we were just seeing things that weren't there, like taking a coincidence and making it into something. Obviously looking back, after having talked in depth about both of our experiences, we definitely should have called the cops, and I regret this. I've since seen the van with the same two guys driving back in the neighborhoods behind the Walmart. I was turning onto a street and they were turning off, still no license plate, but their van had more things on the exterior to make it look like a work van, things like a ladder on the roof. I got creeped out and quickly tried to get away just in case they turned around and tried to come for me. So I floored at home, again, I thought about calling the police, but what am I going to say? Yeah, there's two men driving away from a neighborhood with a work van, gotta get them. They don't even take most things seriously, even when it results in something actually happening. I just truly hope there's a valid explanation for all these actions, and that I just want to come to a conclusion that that was not the case, but I don't know. Maybe they waited at the front because they didn't see their buddy with a van, and thought he was maybe inside the Walmart, and were just looking out for him. Her car was very cool, so maybe they just liked it, and were looking at it. Maybe they just wanted to steal parts off her car. Maybe there's an explanation, but probably not. It doesn't explain them following her or getting gum in the bag just to drop it in the parking lot. Luckily, I haven't heard about any kidnappings coming out of that Walmart, but who knows, it's not like I've been digging for it. But I do know that I'm extra cautious now and try not to go out past dark. I also scan the parking lot for the van before I go in but normally I just do curbside pickup now. My girlfriend does the same thing. I had posted on here a couple times with a few of my creepy encounters. I was having a chat with my mother and my sister about these and they each had their own stories to tell. For now, I will be telling my sister's creepy story. For safety reasons, I will not be revealing names. To give a few details about my sister, she's not the type you would mess around with. She usually had creepy people walk up to her to flirt or catcall her. She would usually tell them to shove off. She can usually handle herself in these kinds of experiences. But she told me what happened at Walmart years ago that really scared her. It happened when she was 23 years old, living out of state with her boyfriend, now husband. It was her day off from work and she was running errands alone while her boyfriend was at work. 
one of her trips was to go to Walmart and pick up some snacks and a gift for her birthday party. She headed for the toy aisle to pick out something for her gift. That's when she noticed a man in the aisle. He was staring at the toys. My sister noticed right away that he didn't have a cart or anything in his hands to look like he was shopping. My sister picked up an item and moved towards the food aisle to get some snacks and extra stuff. She glanced up after picking up something, seeing the man from before, looking at stuff, again, yet he wasn't carrying anything. This made my sister very suspicious. She tried an experiment to see if this man was actually following her. She went to the DVD aisle. He was there. She tried the home decor aisle. He was there. Even the woman's underwear section. He was there. This really scared her. Anywhere she tried to avoid him, he would turn up in the same area. My sister had had it with this man, wanting to get away from him. She made her way to the checkout while she picked up her phone to call her boyfriend. She told him that she had been followed by this man and was afraid to go outside to her car just in case the man would follow her there. Her boyfriend told her to tell one of the employees and stay with them. She did what he told her telling the cashier about what happened. The employees were super nice and had someone look around the store for this man. My sister then said that while she was waiting in the checkout, she saw the man again. He saw her and ran out of the store quickly. One of the employees then walked my sister to her car safely and thankfully, she never saw anyone outside or anywhere else after that. Knowing my sister, I'm awfully glad that she decided not to confront the man. Otherwise, it could be a totally different story. This happened two years ago, but I was horrified and still have a very clear memory of this encounter. My child was almost two and we were invited to a retirement party from the school board for my mother-in-law. The party was at my brother-in-law and his wife's house. The party consisted of people snacking and drinking and milling around visiting and talking all over the home. I glanced across the room and see my husband holding my son with one arm and looking in another direction talking to one of his brothers. I see a strange man behind my husband, someone I don't know. He's intently rubbing up and down my son's back almost in a sexual way. I felt so alarmed by this sight. My husband was completely oblivious to what was happening. I rushed over and grabbed my son and held him while walking in a completely different part of the house. The man followed me. He said, Hey, put your son down. I said no. He kept repeating, Put him down, put him down. He knows who his parents are. It's okay to let him wander around and explore the house. He knows how to find you again. I said no. He started becoming louder, like he had been drinking and lost his inhibitions. He kept insisting I put my son down, and I said, I will never put him down. Why are you so interested? Mind you, the kid was awkward and heavy to hold for so long. So I walked across the house with my child and told my husband and one of his brothers that the man was aggressively rubbing my son's back and I think he is a pedophile and wants to molest him. He keeps pestering me and trying to get me to let him wander around out of my sight. I gave him back to my husband with instructions to not ever put him down and to look out for this creepy guy who wants him so badly 
I then go into the kitchen where my brother-in-law's wife was, told her about the situation, and said, if this guy doesn't leave my kid alone, I will be making a huge scene, but didn't want to ruin the party. She said, go for it, no problem if I did. I asked around about who the creepy guy was, and he was the school principal. Great, wonder how handsy he has been with the school children. He stayed away after that, but I was prepared to go to war for my baby. When I was 10, I was camping at a campground that my family and I went to for years. One day I was riding my bike around the campground. I did this a lot when we stayed the weekend. I rode around the basketball courts and where the game room was. This was a little ways from where my family and I were staying. I had been out for a while and figured it was time to go back. I saw a guy drive up to me in a silver pickup truck and gave a smile. Maybe that's what made him stop, but I was only trying to be polite. He drove up to me and asked what I'm up to and why I'm alone. I told him I was riding my bike and that I was about to head back to my campsite. He tells me to get in the back of his truck and that he'll take me back to the campsite. I felt a little uneasy about it, but me being a kid, I did what he asked because he was an adult. I put my bike on the back of his truck and sat back there with it. He drove around for a while and I got a little uneasy because he was going further and further away from where I was staying. I finally told him my great uncle's name and where we were staying in the camp and he drove in that direction. I didn't even wait for him to stop, I just hopped out when he slowed down. He looked at my great aunt and said, she was lost and asked for help so I brought her back. My aunt looked a little confused but thanked him. I looked at her and said, he told me to get in his truck and I listened. She then talked to me and said not to ever go into someone's truck you didn't know. I get that it was kind of my fault and I could have avoided it, but again, this was the early 2000s and I was raised to always do what adults ask or told you to do. I'm not sure what this man's intentions were or why we drove around for so long, but I'm thankful nothing happened. From when I was born, I lived with my mom and my maternal grandparents. I never met my dad. My granddad passed away when I was around seven and my mom was severely mentally ill and an alcoholic. My childhood sucked and then when I was 11, my mom committed suicide and I got put into care as my grandmother was too old and frail to take care of me full time. It was a shitty time. Only thing I was looking forward to was getting on the train and visiting my grandma on a Saturday. Now I was 11 and there was no way that I would allow my 11 year old to get on a train and take an hour journey each way alone. But times were different back then. So back to the story. One Saturday I had seen my grandmother and was waiting at the same station as I do every week to go home. A man seemed to appear out of nowhere like he was hiding around the corner and sat next to me. He kept looking at me and I was beginning to get a little freaked out. I felt slightly better as I saw there was another person on the opposite side of the tracks waiting for the train. The man suddenly came closer to my face and asked me for my name. I ignored him. I was pretty street smart for my age and knew not to speak to strangers. 
He then said to me, I asked what your name was. This time, raising his voice more, he put his hand on my leg and I looked over to the man on the opposite side trying to get his attention, but he looked over and noticed what was going on and looked away. So by now, I knew I was on my own. The man was touching me on my leg, so I stood up and backed off. He said to me that he has some puppies at his house and he's going to take me to go see them. I said no thank you as he started walking towards me. He tried to grab me and I sprinted so fast out of that train station and I didn't stop running till I got back to my grandmother's house. Now I'm an adult and think back to that day and remember the man sitting opposite and looking away, turning a blind eye and wonder was he part of it too or was he just an asshole? I always wonder what would have happened to me if I hadn't managed to run away or if I did follow the man to his house. This happened several years ago, back when I was still in elementary school. So excuse me if I get a few things wrong. I'm almost 40 years old now. My mom had given me the usual curfew of when the streetlights came on, be home. I was at my friend's house, who lived on the same street as me, but about a block up the road. I had to cross one street to get to their house. Their house was on the same side of the street as mine, except having to cross an intersection. It was getting dark. I knew I had roughly about five minutes to make it home. Not a big deal. I've done these walks several times a day. Every single day that I was home. On this day, my friend decided to walk me halfway home, which was to this intersection. Sitting there stopped at the stop sign was an aqua green van. That's the color I remember. It was an odd mix between blue and green. Obviously, it's normal for a vehicle to stop at a stop sign. It's even normal for a vehicle to stay stopped for a few moments if they're trying to find their way around the area. What's not normal is for a strange vehicle to wait at the stop sign with no oncoming traffic. What's not normal is for two men to wait for two little girls that they do not know to get close to the van. A van with no back or side windows. Creepy fan to start with. What's not normal is for the passenger to stare us down. What's not normal was to see a gun on the driver's lap. Upon spotting the gun, I whispered to my friend that they had a gun and that we needed to turn around and run. I told her that I was going to go on a count of three. That way she had a chance to stay with me. This was winter in Michigan. There was snow and ice, very slippery. Needless to say, when we started running back to her house, she slipped and banged her knee really bad. This was close enough to her house that her cousin could hear me yelling for her to get up and run, which she couldn't do. I had to pick her up and run with her in my arms. Her cousin was playing in the ice with the ice pick when he came towards us to see what the commotion was about. One of the guys saw my cousin coming towards us. They gunned it out of there as fast as they could so no one could get the license plate. I had to wait at my friend's house until the cops came to escort me home. One would hope that that would be the end of it. Nope. I saw the same damn van following the school bus a few days later. Came home and told my mom. She started following our school bus with a shotgun. She had got it because of the attempted kidnapping. Then I started seeing the guys outside the fence that surrounded my playground at school in a wooded area. For some reason that I'll really never know. They really wanted me. 
They tried to coax me out of the playground into the woods with them. This lasted for about two weeks before they finally just left. Years ago, right after I graduated from high school, I did a lot of couch surfing and was staying with my friend Mike for a while. His family lived about 30 miles north of the town I worked in and his mother usually brought me down to town with her when she went to work in the morning. Mike and I would often stay late in town and hang out with friends so we would have to bum rides or hitchhike back if we wanted to sleep in the house. So one Friday, he and I stuck around town too long and missed our ride back. We were young, brave, little tough guys, so we didn't think much about hitchhiking back. We hung around the interstate exit with our thumbs out and scored a ride with these really cool and super high Jamaican Rastafarian dudes in an old Volvo. They ran us most of the way up the highway and dropped us off in a town five miles from where we were headed. Everything was going well. We were happy we made such great time getting that far. We walked through the town, stopped for drinks, and headed out to the north end to start hitching again. We got picked up pretty quickly by a guy in his 40s, friendly, with Kenny G-like hair. He tells us that he's headed right past the road that we were heading for. We couldn't believe our luck. I jumped in the front, Mike gets in the back. It's a big old boat of a car. As we come up the turn, dude puts his hand on my leg. I'm like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? I push his hand off and tell him we're getting out of there. It's starting to get dark, but I'll walk in the fucking dark. Guy says, it's cool, it's cool. I'll drive you where you're headed. You don't need to get out of here. And puts his hand back on my leg and keeps driving. I'm like, pull the fuck over now and reach for my pocket knife. Mike, in the back seat, grabs the guy in the headlock, choking the shit out of him. The guy lets go of my leg and starts yanking on Mike's arm, trying to get free. Both hands are off the wheel and the car is swerving all over the road. We're still going at least 40 and I'm terrified we're going to crash. This big tree comes up in front of us, but the driver must have seen it because he slammed on the brakes at the last second. Mike is still trying to pop this guy's head off. I look at the dashboard and realize he's going slow enough for us to bail out. I yell, jump, shove the door open, and dive out onto the pavement. The driver realizes that I'm getting away and hits the gas. The door springs back and almost catches my feet. The back wheel misses me by an inch and the car is going 50 again. Mike is rolling in the middle of the road and I realize we both had gotten out of the car. I grabbed him and dragged him off the road into the trees. The car is doing a U-turn in the middle of the road about a hundred yards away and is coming back towards us. We eat mud and dirt while we hide as low as we can make ourselves. Both of us are skinned, banged up, and bleeding from the pavement. This psycho drives past real slow, trying to spot us, turns around and comes back again. Every time he gets out of sight, we jump and run through the woods, headed towards Mike's parents' house, still several miles away. Every time we hear the car coming, we drop and hide. The car must have gone up and down those roads dozens of times or more looking for us. It took us nearly two more hours to make it a couple more miles in the woods in the dark. We finally get to the house, 
dirty, bloody, and exhausted. Mike's parents go nuts when they see us. Mike's dad is a scary guy. He's huge, about 6'6", and construction worker strong. He's got a beard down to his chest, and his hobby is pounding Budweiser with his friends until they're drunk enough to knock each other out. So naturally, instead of calling the police, he marches down the driveway and makes us stand by the road as bait for this driver to come back while he hides in the woods. We stood there for another two hours, but the guy didn't come back, which I have mixed feelings about. Mike's dad probably would have beaten the guy to death if he caught him, which is that guy's problem, but I'm afraid that that guy had a gun or something. After all, he was planning on kidnapping two guys at the same time. Mike's mom made us report it to the police. I never heard if they caught the guy, and that's why I don't hitchhike or pick up hitchhikers anymore. When I was about 13 and my sister was about 12, we were playing outside and jumping on the trampoline. Suddenly, we noticed a strange man standing on our property, watching us. He was on the other side of the yard, near the neighbor's fence. My sister and I ran into the house, and my mom called her neighbor to talk to him. Turns out this guy had a fake gun in his pocket. He claimed to be doing work for another neighbor, but then he left. My mom called the police, and they wanted to talk to him. He lived behind us on the other side of the road. Turns out... He was a registered sex offender and wasn't allowed to own guns. He never came back at least, and my parents put us into self-defense classes. My dad took me to see his favorite team play for my birthday one year. I remember the line was pretty big and we had just arrived at the stadium. Some guy approached my dad and told him that he could get me eight years old, in a side door for free, and it would just be my dad that needed to wait in line for a ticket for himself. I remember willing my dad to say no inside my head. I could see how off it was, yet my dad stood to consider it for a while. Eventually he said no, and that he would just get in the normal way. I literally could have been taken away by this man to God knows where, a few things that stood out in my 8-year-old brain was how convincing the guy was trying to be. He kept repeating himself and saying words like free and meet back together once inside. I was super relieved when my dad said no, but I was raging at him for even considering it to be an option. The whole vibe was seedy. I had an off feeling for the rest of that day. My intuition told me that this guy was bad news and I also learned that my dad is an idiot. So when I was around two or three years old, my mom and dad, now divorced, were friends with this couple that worked with my dad at his office. They would always ask to babysit me and love seeing me a lot, and my parents thought nothing of it. One day, they asked to take me to Disney World along with her niece, and my mom had no issue with it. My dad, on the other hand, thought it was weird because they offered to pay for me and everything. 
He told them no and made up an excuse for me not to go. The couple weren't seen for weeks after that and the company that my dad and them worked for were having an investigation because that same couple who wanted to take me to Disney committed massive fraud and stole hundreds of thousands of dollars. They disappeared and my dad has no idea what happened to them since he no longer works there but he believes fully that they wanted to take me and disappear. He thinks that they couldn't have kids of their own and really wanted one. It still creeps me out that I could have a completely different life and family. Thank God my dad was home because my mom wanted to let me go. By the way, just for some context, as a baby, I had bright blue eyes and long curly blonde hair. I looked like I could be on toddlers with tiaras, straight up. Not to toot my own horn, but I was an extremely gorgeous baby. Maybe that's why they had their eye on me. But who knows, they could have wanted to sell me too, or worse. Long time lurker here, and first time posting. I'm a 24 year old female. When I was around 7 or 8 years old, I had a best friend that lived right around the block from me. We grew up in a quiet suburban town where you didn't really hear about crime all that much. My friend, let's call her Brandy, lived at a house on the corner with a pretty large front yard. It had a little garden area with rocks closer to the sidewalk at the end of her yard. We would often sit on the rocks and talk about whatever kids that age talked about. I remember it being dusk on a warm summer night. We were distracted by our conversation and neither of us initially noticed the same car drive by multiple times. Mind you, her road was a quiet side street, so it would be a bit odd for the same car to be driving around in circles. The reason we noticed it the final time was because they actually pulled over in the street right in front of us. Initially, I remember thinking that they needed directions, dumb in hindsight, because who would ask kids for directions? It wasn't until we saw both of the car doors swing open that the gravity of the situation began to sink in. Keep in mind, the street was only about 8-10 to 10 feet from where we were sitting on our yard. Both individuals seemed to be men with their hoods up, and the passenger immediately lunged at us, saying nothing. My friend screamed and ran towards her front door. I, in total shock, was a bit slower to react. I noticed he also held something reflective in his right hand. Most likely a knife looking back. He actually almost grabbed me, but I made a run for it just in time and caught up to my friend at the front door. Now here's the creepiest part. For whatever reason, Brandy's family locked the door. She had an older sister that accidentally locked it without realizing that we were playing outside. I vividly remember banging on the door and screaming, with tears streaming down my face, hoping and praying that they would open it up. The men didn't chase us to the door, but they didn't leave yet either. I remember looking over my shoulder and seeing them smirking and standing near their car. It felt like they were waiting to see if we were home alone. A moment later, but it felt like an eternity, my friend's mom swung open the door and both men jumped into the car and peeled out. There were actually tire marks on the road from how ferociously they whipped around and sped off. Brandy's mom, 
who also saw the car peel out, was extremely upset and immediately called the police. I remember my mom also being called, and Brandy and I were both questioned at our house by police officers that arrived soon after that. Brandy and I mentioned we had each briefly noticed a car drive by multiple times, but we didn't put two and two together until after things took a turn for the worst. I've never heard anything else about this after that day, but this experience remains burned into my memory. I still get anxious thinking about what could have happened if that front door didn't open when it did. My parents divorced when I was around eight and my mom moved to another province while I stayed with my dad. I'd fly for visits as an unaccompanied minor up until the age of 12. The unaccompanied minor program essentially buddies you up with a flight attendant and you will stay with them for the entire trip. When I turned 12, I was on my first solo flight that had a layover. I was always told as a kid about people you can trust and uniforms, etc. An indication of a trustworthy adult when a man in what I assumed to be pilot overalls approached me and struck up a conversation. I thought nothing of it. I let him know that I had a layover and was waiting for my next flight. He told me that he was a helicopter pilot and was between flights as well. He said it was nice talking to me and offered to take me to a coffee place for some donuts while I waited. Stupidly, I accepted the offer and began to follow him. We approached the main doors. My oh shit radar went off and I abruptly stopped and told him I wouldn't come. He was very persistent about me coming and pointed to a truck in the parking lot saying it was his, which freaked me out even more. He continued on his way and I think about that interaction a lot and I'm haunted by the what ifs. Maybe it was completely innocent. When I was about six years old, in kindergarten or first grade, I can't remember which, we lived across the street from my school. I mean right across the street. From our front window, the school property was the majority of what could be seen. I went to the school until my second grade year when the school was shut down by the district. Most kids were shipped off to whatever school happened to be closest to them and the abandoned property became a community center of sorts for the town of less than 200 people or so. I won't drop the name of this town, but I'll say it's somewhere in Illinois that the estimated 200 person figure was in 1989 and that there are considerably fewer people now as most of the population has either moved away or died and several of the houses have burned down. Today, the town is even more dried up than it was during my kindergarten years. And the last time I visited, it looked as though nature was beginning the process of reclaiming it. I say all of this because it's important that you understand how small this town was. People didn't just randomly show up there. Strangers would be immediately recognized. There was nowhere for them to hide because the town only really had three streets. All but the end of one of them led out of town and the lone end of the lone street that didn't offer an escape route 
led to a dead end with an ancient old cemetery, another escape route in a manner of speaking. This town had nothing but a post office, a couple of abandoned buildings that I'm fairly certain used to be general stores back in the distant, distant past, and a payphone. Today, the post office is shut down and the payphone is gone. So keep all of this in mind when I say that a stranger or creep would have been noticed immediately. It's surprising then that I was almost abducted by a stranger in that town from directly in front of the school. Actually, I think I was abducted. That's the weird thing. When I left school that day, the man was standing in front of his vehicle and he greeted me by name. That's what makes this even stranger. The man knew my name. He told me that my mom had sent him to pick me up for some reason or another. Though the memory of what he actually said is a bit hazy. It amounts to, your mom isn't at home. She sent me to pick you up and take you to where she is. Get in and we'll go for a ride. You know, the usual creep thing. And I did. There are certain details I can't remember from this point. Why didn't I just look across the street to see if my mom's car was sitting in the driveway? Maybe I did. Where did I go? I don't know. What happened? I don't know. I have the briefest memories of me sitting in the passenger seat of his vehicle, saying something as we drove out of town. Can't remember what I said. Can't remember what he looked like. Can't remember why my next memory is of us back in my driveway, in the house, across from the school. I don't know if there's something that I've blocked out for the last 33 years. Maybe he took me somewhere and did something to me that creeps due to young trusting little boys and I've just locked it up inside. I hope not. I hope he was some aspiring kidnapper with a conscience who just couldn't accept the enormity of the heinous sin he was about to commit and took me back home. That nothing bad happened to me. That my lack of memory is due more to the entire sequence of events being so uneventful that my little brain felt no need to keep it in storage. I've often wondered in some ways, like through some form of therapeutic hypnosis they show in movies and TV to unlock these memories, or if that's even a real thing. Or if it is, if I want to venture down that rabbit hole and discover what really happened, maybe things should just remain buried. I'm sure you've heard the expression, don't ask questions you don't want answers to. Yeah, I feel that applies here. And maybe someone will tell me it was just a vivid dream that a young child had remembered incorrectly as an actual memory. This is not the case. A few years back, I actually asked my mom about it. Do you remember that strange man who took me from school and brought me back? Oh, yes. Apparently, I told her what happened because she told me about how she went over to the school and raised a bunch of hell over it. And that's all I have to prove to myself that it ever even happened. Up until then, I wondered if I imagined the whole thing. This is, unfortunately, no longer something that I can even attempt to convince myself is true. Who was that man? Why did he take me? Why did he bring me back? What happened that day? I'm a big fan of horror. 
I love a novel or movie about monsters. I'm an avid fan of Stephen King and creepypastas, but it isn't Pennywise, the Dancing Clown, or Slender Man that keeps me up at night sometimes. No, it's the real monster who almost gobbled me up when I was six years old and then lost his appetite. Thanks for listening. Update, for those of you asking if it was possibly my dad, I just called him and asked him. His response? If it had been me, I wouldn't have taken you back. I would have just kept on driving and you would have gone to my state with me. That may sound like a joke, but it wasn't. So much for that theory. To give some context, I live in Italy and usually cities' historical centers have mainly pedestrian zones and a few parking spots for residents. Last week, when my sister and I were walking the dog, we don't put her on a leash at night since she's trained and the streets are empty. Unfortunately, she saw a cat and ran away before my sister got her. My family loves that dog, so of course, we all went searching for her. My parents are divorced and we were staying at my mom's. Bad idea having three women in the streets at night, I know, but we didn't know what else to do. I was in my PJs with my phone running on low batteries, so without a flashlight and just a few poles illuminating the streets. So it was quite dark. I was shouting my dog's name while we were looking for her when a 40 to 50 year old man, which I hadn't seen up to that point, said that he saw my dog running a few blocks away from where we were. My dumbass was so worried about the dog that I didn't even ask the guy what my dog looked like. I followed him in silence until we were near a parking spot and he got really close to me and tried to put his hands around my back. At that point, I realized what was going on. I pushed him and sprinted as fast as I could. I know the place really well, so I hid where I knew he couldn't find me and texted my mom. I didn't call her in case he was near and could have heard me. A few minutes later, both my mom and my sister arrived together. We decided to call it a night and went home. That dog was waiting for us at the door. I don't know what this guy's intentions were, but I'm glad I reacted quickly and got away. This story isn't mine, it's my parents' story. My mom and dad got married in Mexico, then set off to cross the border. When they were saying farewell to everyone, my mom's grandma gave my mom a prayer, the Canticle of Mary, to keep her safe and to memorize. My great-grandma was a firm believer, and I guess it worked. As you know, people gather in small groups led by a coyote, They got stopped by bandits. I can't elaborate exactly where, cause my mom told me once and I can't bring myself to ask her again due to the trauma I know she experienced. Tired, hungry, and thirsty, and even more scared than they already were, they all kneeled down on the ground in a row, arms over their head. These bandits proceed to ransack everyone's money, valuables, and whatever the heck they wanted. Then they even started pulling up girls and women to take. My mom was praying hard. Sadly, the girl next to her got snatched up. 
My parents ended up making it safe and sound to the States, became U.S. citizens, started a family, and worked hard. In high school, I would routinely run along the country roads near my family's house. One afternoon, a white pickup pulled over on the side of the road right next to me, basically stopping my run. A young guy said hi and asked if I needed a ride. I said no, but he insisted, remarking that it was hot, etc. Luckily, I was standing in a driveway and quickly began to walk up towards the house, telling him, oh, this is my house anyway. I better get home. He seemed to accept my excuse and drove away. I waited for a while, convinced that he'll come back and check, but he never did. I ran the rest of the way home, faster than I ever had, terrified that he would see me. This happened when I was 14. I attended a private Christian school and had a typical uniform of a white button-down blouse shirt and a knee-length plaid skirt. I walked to my bus stop, which was about 25 feet away from a major intersection, outside of a gas station. This older creepy white dude stops and tried to get me to come close to his car for directions. I stayed about 10 feet or so away from the car and gave him the directions. He kept trying to get me to come closer and offered me a ride to school. He even blocked traffic when the light turned green and made people go around him. He just wouldn't leave or stop and my radar was going off like crazy. At that point, I backed up this incline and behind a sign thing so he couldn't get close without giving me time to scream and run. At this point, another guy in the gas station employee who recognized me were walking towards us and the guy took off. About 15 or so minutes later, I saw the guy approaching again, so I grabbed the other girl at my stop and told her to run. We both ran into the gas station store, and the employee called the police, which was absolutely useless, and the guy left again. I heard later that night on the news that a girl about my age was kidnapped from her bus stop, and the car was very similar to the one that the guy was driving. I was totally freaked out and was glad that we ran when we did. After that, one of my grandparents would drive me to the bus stop and stay with me until I got picked up. So today, my friends and I were on a walk and at some point, I witnessed a scene that was likely a child kidnapping attempt. I am really confused and a bit horrified right now, so I decided to post it here and hear some opinions about it. Here's the premise. I live in St. Petersburg, Russia. My friend and I often go for walks and mostly follow the same route through several building blocks, a settlement with private houses and eventually a small park. At the edge of those building blocks, just before you enter the settlement located across the highway, we usually visit a store and buy some soda drinks. The place itself is kind of a poor neighborhood with old shabby buildings and infrastructure. I live near that place and some of my friends live right there, so I know it pretty well. Now what happened today, we decided to visit the store and usually we enter together, but this time I had forgot my mask, so I waited for him outside. Soon after, three boys rushed from the store. 
They were actively talking with each other, and then two of them. First one was about six or seven years old, and the second one was around five. Stepped back into the store, but the third one stayed near the store's doors. Those two kids started calling for the third one to go back in with them, very confident. At this point, I didn't really pay too much attention to them. After the third one declined and started saying that he's not allowed to leave the store, it would turn out that his mom was working as a cashier and wanted him to stay in the store during her work shift. Those kids continued asking him to follow them. Then the first kid said the phrase that gave me chills and made me turn around to them and stare, ready to make an action to prevent the third kid from going with them. He said, I know the place where your mom will allow you to go. Aside from the weirdness of the phrase, it also sounded very unnatural and learned. Then both of them started saying this again and again. I was about 7 to 10 meters away and they likely noticed me so they stopped calling him and the first kid asked the third kid how old he was. He replied he was 6. Immediately after the answer the two kids ran away to the building block. Honestly I was hoping to stop these kids and ask them about their parents and what they were trying to do and notify the store personnel but they faded away really fast. Soon enough, my friends came back from the store and I told him what I just saw. He mentioned that he actually noticed those kids inside trying to make friends with the son of the cashier and they were basically talking about normal stuff that kids of their age were interested in. It's unclear when they decided to exit the store and go to the place with a third kid. We both were very concerned about the situation and shortly after I came to the store to warn the personnel about it. I told one of the cashiers everything and mentioned the first kid was holding a sweeps can. She confirmed she saw them, thanked me, and she said she's going to tell this to his mother. I then left the store. Child kidnappings that involve kids of their own age were common in Russia 5-8 to eight years ago, and I even remember a case involving a small girl back in Moscow. Luckily it didn't work for whoever was the kidnapper. The situation really shocked me and I would like to believe that those were just ordinary kids which unintentionally used bizarre words but it just doesn't seem real anyway.